Let's look ahead to week 13 in the NBA, a schedule overview, how we can stream in, which teams are good, which teams are bad, what we're doing with moves, all that sort of stuff. You know how it goes, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and according to a recent study, the physical act of smiling can improve your mood. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at JaceMedical.com. Use the code LockedOn to get $20 off your order. That is J-A-S-E Medical.com. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. Be a double banger. Watch the video, listen on the audio, and if you are here on the video side, let's hit Operation ADK, thumb it up, subscribe, notification bell, and leave all of your comments down below. Actually, what you can do, what's your, right now, leave a comment. Where are you positioned in all of your fantasy leagues? Where are you in the standings currently as we sit heading into week 13? Tell me, just write the comment first, 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 first. Last, last, like, whatever. Write the comments. Do something. Let's just bump this up. That'd be great if you could do that. We are here to talk about week 13 in the NBA. We are getting closer and closer to the fantasy playoffs. Still six, seven, eight weeks away, depending on where you or when you set your schedule. But we are getting there. So we need to start moving more into the, um, you know, focusing on the trade deadline. Not quite yet. We're, we're getting closer to it. Start to focusing more on playoff schedule. Not quite there yet as well. But also longer term stashes and that just don't work as much anymore. Especially if you're in the middle pack, you need to start accumulating Ws. You need to start playing the schedule. You need to turn more into streaming and, and getting games advantages if that's the way that your league is able to be um, set up. Let's have a look how the week starts. It is very important to note. As I'm sure many of you do, over in the States, because you guys get a public holiday. And I know that people here, when you get a public holiday, you know when it's coming up. But if those of you who aren't in the US, you might not be aware there is a public holiday coming up on Monday, Martin Luther King Day. Now, it is a great day in the NBA schedule for most people. Me, maybe not so much, because the game starts super early, and I don't get to see the start of things, because it starts at like 4 or 5 in the, in the morning. But what I am here to just mention to you, that is Monday, first day, First day of the week, you got to have your lineup set because the games start very early. We've got games on, um, what day is it that it actually starts? What time is it? So, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, we start. That is 5 a.m. here in Australia. So for Monday, 11 games, Martin Luther King Day, we have got 1 p.m. game, 2.30 p.m. game, um, a three, two 3 p.m. games, 3.30 p.m. game, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 7.30 p.m. Um, don't know what this next one is. Let's say it's 9 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. There's games all over the shop with 11 games. So it's a high-volume day, spread out throughout the day, but you've got to have things sorted early in the, in the day on Monday. 11 games Monday. It's a long way of telling you that. There's only three on Tuesday as a lower-volume day on the, uh, the back end of Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Day. 10 on Wednesday, so a little bit of a higher volume on then. And then we have a really strong end to the week. Five Thursday, eight Friday, eight Saturday, six Sunday. 
you could make an argument, it would depend on your roster, that you could stream perhaps every one of these days apart from Monday. The 10 is always going to be borderline, but there is a possibility you can crack in for six of the, or the final six days of the week. On Monday with 11 games, and you probably are going to have a full roster. But again, look at your own individual setup and how that all plays out as to how your streaming looks. Half of the league this week plays four games. 15 teams playing four games. If you are here on YouTube, you can see those names up on the screen. Atlanta, Boston, Brooklyn, Houston, Indiana, the Lakers, the Heat, the Knicks, the Thunder, the Magic, the Sixers, the Spurs, the Raptors, the Jazz, and the Wizards all play four games. So half of the league is playing four Um, we've had weeks where there's been 20 teams that play four weeks. Last week, I think we had 13 teams that played four. We're right in the middle here. So when you are looking at teams that play two games, and there are three of them this week, they are at a significant disadvantage when the majority um, are playing the four games for the week. The 12 teams that play three games, Hornets, Bulls, Cavs, Mavs, Nuggets, Pistons, Warriors, Grizzlies, who are absolutely shit out of luck at the moment, uh, we see today for Saturday's game, like Jaron Jackson's out, Aldama's out, Bain's out, and everyone else. I don't know if Bain's going to miss this week. He might. I don't know what is going to happen with this team. That is, that Grizzlies game today, I know it's going to be a disaster, but that is one of the more important games to watch for fantasy because everyone is out. Tillman looks a great ad, so does Canard, but there might be randoms like GG Jackson step up. Maybe it is David Roddy. I, I, don't, I don't know. That team is a disaster at the moment. Uh, the, back to who else plays three. The Wolves do, the Pelicans do, the Suns do, and speaking of disasters, the Portland Trailblazers do. At least they are back home now after losing by an average of like 21 points in their road trip where they won that one random game against the Nets and then got absolutely ass stamped. Stamped? Stumped? Stomped. Ass stomped across the other games that they played. So who has two games? Well, I'll tell you, it's the Clippers, which I feel like it's the fifth time this year that they've played had a two-game week. Maybe it's not. It might be the fourth, but they've had more two-game weeks than anybody, I'm certain. Clippers have two. Bucks have two. Kings have two. This is a big change for Milwaukee because they had the best schedule in Week 12. They had four games. They had high-volume, all-quality games, and the only team that played a Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, three and four to end the week with quality games. And then you go from that where you go, oh, maybe I'll keep Leaky Beasley, maybe I'll keep Bobby Portis into a week where you're like, it's no no way. With only two games on, that's just not something you should be interested in. So it is a big, big change. And that is where playing the schedule becomes really important. It was interesting to have Beasley last week, and even like still today holding for Sunday, and then you can go and move on. But even like the Clippers, for example, so you look, that's a two-game week. What do I do with that? That's not really, yeah, that's not exciting. Yeah, I've, I've got my norm, pal. For some reason, I have suffered a traumatic brain injury. And I still have Russell Westbrook. And you look at how that all potentially plays out and the way that the, um, the, the schedule goes, right? But a two-game week, not good, except for the Clippers, it's a little bit different. And the reason I say it's a little bit different is that they play Sunday and they play Tuesday. So it's actually good for them at the start of the week. Because you get that game on Sunday to end week 12, and then you just miss out on Monday with 11 games on, and they play the low-volume Tuesday with this three games on only. So each schedule is not built the same. It's not always about, and you'll hear this, this is really, I'm not trying to, uh, this is not me trying to shade people who, who say things, and I'm not, because you will find random bits of content that gets thrown around everywhere on the internet in different many, many different forms. And people are like, well, they've got a two-game week. That's a disaster. Or this team's got a four-game week. That's fantastic. You've got to look to that. But that's just not how we really approach things for fantasy. Because a two-game week for the Clippers is objectively not great. But we're not making moves just for one week. Like, we don't just make a move and go, all right, we're done. So having a Clippers player, having Norm Powell, holding Sunday through Tuesday is pretty good. Get a Sunday game in, get a Tuesday game in, then move off. Whereas other four-game teams might be nowhere near as exciting. 
because they just don't play on the good days or their good high, uh, low volume games play later in the week. And it's just not as important. So I think we need to be like, I know it's and the NBA has made a real conscious effort to break the season into weeks. We never, about five years ago, we never had week numbers. The NBA never referenced week numbers. It was a little bit there in fantasy, but it's been a real concerted effort again to make it more like football. But I think as part of the, the side issue with that is it has turned us into a situation where in fantasy we're looking, well, all we need to look at is Monday, Sunday. That is it. That's yeah. That's the seven days that's important. Not like what happens like Saturday through Friday. Is that seven days period different? I know we're all trying to win that individual matchup, but we have to be really cautious of what's happening each day, each little chunk and each portion of, of the schedule versus like two games bad, four games good. I, that's, I don't think that's a great way of um, approaching that. That was long-winded. Apologies for that. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin, which is something that you've probably had 50 times in your life, or at least know somebody who's had. But when we're running into these issues where things aren't getting supplied the way that we need them, like it does become a problem. Antibiotics are vital for treating a lot of different infections, respiratory tract infections, sinusitis, which is a respiratory tract infection, urinary tract infections, STIs, skin infections, which honestly might be one of the more important ones there. Those things can get really serious really quickly. And if you don't have access to the antibiotics because of all these issues, then that's a real problem. Jace and the Jace case provides you with having these antibiotics at home in case of this sort of an emergency. You go and you fill out their physician questionnaire over on the site. The board certified physician checks it over, makes sure that everything makes sense for what you need to get. The medications get dispensed by a licensed pharmacy and they get delivered and dispensed at a fraction of the cost. Can you put a price on peace of mind? I don't know, but it's never been a better time to be prepared than today with all of these things with medication issues and supply chain issues happening right across the world. So go to jacemedical.com, use the code locked on, and you can get $20 off your order. All right, so we've had a bit of a look at how things play out to start the week in terms of games play, but let's get into the nitty gritty of it. What about the quality games? I might as well just do it. What's a quality game, Josh? I'm glad you asked, Johnny, because a quality game is a game that is played on a day where there are not very many NBA games played. The cutoff that I use is nine. If a game is played on a nine-game NBA day or eight, seven, six, nine or fewer, I count that as a quality game. Why is that important? Well, if there's 10 games on in a day, 11 games, 12 games, 13 games, anyone you add off the waiver wire is probably just going to sit on your bench, so it is a waste of a waiver move. If there's nine games on or eight games on, you probably do have an open slot in your active roster. So if you add that player, you're going to use them. There's no point saying, well, this guy plays on uh, on Monday. He's a great ad. And then you look and you go, well, he's actually just going to sit on my bench. So it's a pointless ad. And then his next game's not until Friday. So I've actually just burnt an ad, burnt a roster spot that sits there unused for four days. So quality games are as important in a daily changes league, which is, again, by far the largest proportion of leagues that people play in. Yes, you have weekly changes league. Yes, you have the terrible system that is sleepers system. All that stuff does exist. But the vast, vast majority of people who play, play 12 teams, nine category, daily changes leagues. That is the, and, and snake drafts. That is the absolute standard thing that happens right across fantasy. That is the number one thing. So whenever you think about your own league and think about the, what you do is what happens, that is the standard is 12 teams, nine categories, daily changes, snake draft. 
your league might be a weekly points league um, with an auction. Cool. That's what you're used to, but that is not what the standard is. So just be aware that there are differences across that sort of thing. Who's got the good quality games going on? Well, there are six teams that have three quality games. Pacers, Thunder, Sixers, Wizards, Nuggets, and Suns. What's important about those? Those first four, the Pacers, the Thunder, the Sixers, and the Wizards, are four-game teams, and three of their four games are on the low-volume days. That's good, yeah? Like, that's 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 interesting. The next two are the ones where you go, huh, the Nuggets only have three games for the week. The Suns only have three games for the week, but they are all on low-volume days. So if you're looking at that and you have a fringe player, let's call him Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Aaron Gordon even. Not that he's necessarily fringe, but he's a little bit fringe. Um, the Suns don't really have many of those guys. Maybe if you're considering even a bowl stream, which I know sounds crazy, but in 17 minutes, there's a little bit there with him. Three games, three quality games of all of their games, it's, in, it's, more, it's useful because there are teams that play four games that only have two quality games. So you're looking at, hey, do I stream a Thad Young in when two of his games, two of his four games, or Jonte Porter, whichever one you want to go for, two of his games are on the higher volume days, Monday and Wednesday. And would you even use Jonte Porter or Thad Young on those days? Probably not. So is it worth to get a three-game player from Denver or Phoenix when you're going to use them more times? Probably yes. So that is what we're talking about. The Clippers and the Kings. We already highlighted they've got a two-game week. That's really bad, yeah? But maybe it's not because both of their games are on low-volume days. Now, the other team that has the two games is the Bucks, and they play Wednesday and they play Saturday. So Aliki Beasley, you might not even use on a Wednesday. So that's worse. So you'd be holding him all the way through to maybe play on Saturday. Same with Bob Portis. That's useless. Whereas the Clippers, like I said, they've got the Sunday. They've got the Tuesday. Their next one's not until the, the, the following Sunday, which is shocking as well. But the Kings have an interesting one because they've got only a two-game week, sure. But Monday, high-volume day, Kings play Tuesday. Wednesday, high-volume day, Kings play Thursday. So out of your four, first four days of the week, there are two streaming days, and the Kings are there on both of them. So a fringe Kings player, it might be Harrison Barnes. Well, it definitely is. He is definitely fringe. Uh, it might be Trey Lyles. You go, well, why would I bother adding Trey Lyles for a two-game week? Well, you can add him, get him Tuesday, Thursday, drop him, and then get something else cracking in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's that's the importance, whereas the surface-level analysis is two games. I'm not going to bother with any of these Kings guys. Maybe I might even drop Malik Monk, which would be pretty stupid, but yeah, people might have that idea. So it is worth um, highlighting that, I think. Let's talk stream zone. This is just trying to maximize our games played, working under the assumption that on Monday and on Wednesday with 11 and 10, 10 games on respectively, we're probably not going to have an active roster spot. So how can we get the most games played? It is a little bit harder this week to be able to fully max it out, but we can do a Tuesday-Thursday stream with two different teams, the Thunder and the Kings. I just talked about the Kings there. And then the Kings after Thursday don't play again for the week. But you can add a fringe, a Lou Dort, a Trey Lyles, Malik Monk just should be rostered anyway, but maybe it's Herder if he returns. I don't know if he's going to be available or not. Um, you definitely won't use Chris Duarte. I'm pretty confident about that. But an Isaiah Joe you could use for the Thunder there as well. Um, not much else probably going on in terms of stream options with those squads. Maybe it's a Case and Wallace for deeper leagues, but you get the Tuesday-Thursday combination for the Thunder and the Kings. Then you can move on from those fringe players, and then you look for a Friday-Saturday back-to-back. Now, we usually don't have an ability to stream a Friday-Saturday back-to-back because Friday is usually a 10, 11, 12-game day, but it's not this week. We've got eight games Friday, eight games Saturday. 
So we can actually take advantage of the Friday, Saturday, back-to-back, and four teams do it. Hawks, Hornets, Sixers, Spurs. Very important there to note that the Sixers are one of those, and the Sixers have a terrible schedule this week. They've got four games, but it's two sets of back-to-backs. Meaning, Mr. Swollen Knee legend himself, Joel Embiid, is he going to play two games this week? Maybe. And does that mean you get 25 minutes of Paul Reed in two of those games and then 14 minutes of him in the other two? Maybe. That's 28 minutes plus 50. That's 78 minutes for Paul Reed for the week. Is that enough to have him on your roster? It's debatable. It might be. It's debatable, though. The other one there is the Spurs, and we know that well, Greg, well Popovich came out yesterday and said that, yeah, look, uh, Wembenyama's restriction is going to last through to that back-to-back next week, and then he'll be reassessed. So the Trojan Domi Barlow. We're going to get a real look at what Domi Barlow and Mama Kulishvili are going to th- show out in today's Saturday game with no Wemby, but another opportunity for them on the Friday-Saturday where you could stream those players in. And then you've got, that's two ads, four games, big W. And then you've got two more ads left. You can use one of those ads just to get someone who you want in on Sunday. And then the other ad, you can do whatever you want with it. You can open up a second streaming spot for Sunday. You can open up a second streaming spot if you wanted to and get like two Thunder and Kings guys early on the week and then get two on the Friday, Saturday and really bump your games played up. Get eight games played, two roster spots, four ads. Is that enough to get you over the edge? It might be. Or you can use one of those extra ads, that spare ad, to stash a player to add a longer-term value guy who might be able to produce more as we get further into the season. A lot of that is going to depend on your individual situation, how your roster looks. Do you have just a bunch of crap at the bottom end where you can just turn it into two streaming spots? Because it is really easy to get a bunch more games this week if you do use the two streaming spots in that way. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are here. Playoffs? But there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Don't worry about whether you win or lose. It doesn't matter. You just put 5 bucks on, and they give you $150 in bonus bets. What an absolutely fantastic deal. Their old ones, trash. FanDuel up their game. Now it's just 5 bucks on, $150 in bonus bets back. And with that, you can use it so many different ways. Do you know that they've got something? I'm not sure if you've heard about this. They've got a parlay hub. And in the Parlay Hub, you can go and check their live same-game parlays. You can check the parlays that other Parlay legends have chucked up there in the Parlay Hub for you as well. Here's the best way to find popular Parlay plays, the old triple P. So go to fanjul.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Fanjul is also an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Who wants a little bit of like inside podcasting? I'm sure that's completely boring, but you know, I, listen, I listen to other podcasts. I do. It's not necessarily basketball, but whatever. Yeah, sports, anyway. So then you hear another podcast being sponsored by Fangio and you hear them reading the ad copy that we get given and they get given, and it, but they read it absolutely verbatim, every single word, exactly how it's written on that ad. And I go, really? You're just going to read it out? You're not going to like, put a bit of color on it. You're not going to put a bit of flair into it. You're not going to ch- you're not going to really hit the word parlay a million times. You're just going to read it straight off the thing. It's pretty boring. It's pretty boring. Anyway, I know that some of you don't like listening to, to ad reads and all that sort of stuff. I do it because I have to get paid, obviously, for this work, but I try to make them a little bit fun as well. Does it succeed? I don't actually know. Maybe. Let's look at some schedule quirks across the week. There are four teams who do not play across the weekend. Dallas, the Warriors, the Pelicans, and the Kings. They don't have a game on Saturday or Sunday. The Kings do not play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We talked about that. They've got that Tuesday, Thursday, two-quality game combo, and then they're off for three days. 
The Clippers have a huge gap in the middle of their schedule. They play Sunday, Tuesday, like I said, really good start to the week. And then they don't play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Four days off. Four, not five. Four. Four days off. So it's great to try a Norm Powell on Sunday. It might be okay to try a Daniel Tice. It honestly might be okay to get a Russell Westbrook for Sunday, Tuesday. Because it's two games. Back-ending, book-ending. Not back-ending, back-ending... You just do it in your private time. Bookending Monday's big slate. You get the two games in and then they're just off. No Wednesday, no Thursday, no Friday, no Saturday. And you don't. Have, you definitely don't hold those guys. You hold PG, you hold Kawhi, you hold um, Harden and you hold Zubats. And everyone else, completely expendable through that rest of the week. And then Milwaukee, like I talked about as well, like they've got a great schedule this week. They play one game between Monday and Friday and it's on Wednesday when there are 10 games on. So your Leaky Beasleys, your campaigns, your Bob Portises, your Pat Connertons, if that's the direction you're going, you don't use them for five days. In fact, do they play Saturday or Sunday, the Bucks? I think they play... No, Saturday. Yeah, so one game to start the week. So look, that is just a burnt roster spot. Be really cautious of that. You hold them because they play Sunday. This week, week 12. Next week, week 13, it's a stinking schedule for your Milwaukee Bucks. Let's look at some three and fours. And you're really seeing this sort of load stuff come to come to the fruition or come to the fore at the moment with teams being really cautious about overloading their players uh, and overloading the schedule on their guys and some random rests and things like that. So um, Sunday through Wednesday, Miami have three games in four nights. As General Saunas comes back, it might be not great for him. So they've got the Sunday, Monday back-to-back, and then they play again Wednesday. Obviously, two high-volume days there. Um, so some extra yeah, value onto their reserves with Butler and with um, yeah, Lowry and even Hero, perhaps at risk of sitting. Monday through Thursday, you've got the four teams you play three and four. Knicks, Thunder, Raptors, and Jazz. Not much there in terms of worry about excess load on people. Wednesday, Saturday, we've got a lot of teams. It's the Hawks. And DeJounte Murray keeps popping up with like hamstring soreness and Trey Young with a shoulder issue and Capella's Achilles. There's a little bit of an extra burden on them. You've got the Hornets there. So what do they do with LaMelo Ball? Does he play three and four? The Wolves, they should be all right. But we saw them rest Mike Conley the other day and, and Gobert. Knicks, who cares? But you'll notice the Knicks really concentrated in the middle of the week there. And then the Spurs, we already talked about the Wembenyama situation. And then to end the week, the Pacers and the Wizards play three games in four nights, Thursday through Sunday. And they're all quality game days. So when we are really focused, the Pacers already got this great value in terms of streaming with uh, McConnell and Nempard and Neesmith and Smith and like seven different blokes, Toppin, Heald, whoever. Um, but towards the end of the week, really good value for the Wizards. <laughs> Who knows? Like, who knows? Maybe, maybe Corey Kispert, maybe Bilal Kulabali. I don't know. But they've got the the back-ended schedule there. No one has a four in five, and that's good. We don't see many of those in the NBA, if any. Four in six, we've got the Pacers and the Heat, who play four games in six nights, starting on Sunday of week 12, heading into Friday of week 13. And then uh, Monday through Saturday, it is the Hawks, the Knicks, the Thunder, the Sixers, the Spurs, the Raptors, and the Jazz play four games in six nights, Monday through Saturday. Nobody plays four games Tuesday through Sunday. There is no team that has their four games and that they miss MLK Day and then play four the rest of the week. Nobody does that. So we've got that um, four in six there for those seven teams, like I mentioned. No one, thankfully, has a five game in seven night stretch, but two teams have five games in eight nights. And where this is interesting is it's the paces. So no Tyrese Halliburton, obviously. 
So all of these waiver ads that you've got are getting pumped in extra games. So the importance of getting the paces in is, is, is really huge here. It's massive. For the Heat, it's probably the other way because we know that they're banged all the way up. Butler, Hero, Lowry, Love might, like Caleb, who knows? But they've got a big, big week coming up. And just in time for General Saunas to come back, is he going to play five games and eight nights? Of course he isn't. So the value of guys like Huckers and Highsmith and Caleb Martin, maybe Jovic, but probably not. But you know, there might be games where he has to play big minutes. So there's going to be some weird stuff happen there, I think, with Miami, given the way that they are banged up, the way that they're cautious about their injuries, and the way that they've got an overloaded schedule coming up here in the next eight days, Sunday through Sunday. The back-to-backs, not that many this week. We've got the Sunday-Monday Indiana and Miami combination, but remember, the Monday is a high-volume day. Monday through Tuesday, we've got um, OKC in Philadelphia, Monday, again, the high-volume day. So who plays on the Sunday through Tuesday? Well, surprisingly, there's four teams. The Nuggets, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Kings. So when you're looking at the end of Week 12, we've already talked about the Clippers having that that advantage. The Kings have got that too, but the Kings go Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. So for a two-game week, they've got amazing value. Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday for the Kings, and then it's off for like a period of time. That's why, again, if you get caught up in like, this is what happens in Week 13, and this is really bad for a two-game week, you will run into problems because... If you go Sunday through Thursday, the Kings have the best schedule out of everybody. Three quality games, five nights. No one beats that. Denver, Clippers, Suns, Kings play Sunday through Tuesday. Or they got, sorry, the back-to-back, sorry, the pseudo back-to-back surrounding MLK Day. Um, Wednesday is a high-volume day. There is no Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back, by the way. Wednesday, Thursday is a high-volume day. So who has has that Wednesday into Thursday back-to-back? It is the the Wolves, the Knicks, the Raptors, and the Jazz. The Tuesday, Thursday surrounding a 10-game Wednesday is Minnesota. It is the Knicks. It is the... um, the, That Minnesota's not right. I've got to double-check that. Yeah, that's... that, 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 That part is wrong. That Tuesday, Thursday part is wrong. I doubled up the Knicks, Wolves, Raptors, Jazz. They don't have the Tuesday, Thursday. The two teams that have the Tuesday, Thursday are the Thunder and the Kings. So not those other teams. My, my apologies. That is that is not true. Just be really cautious when reading that. Minnesota, the Knicks, the Raptors, and the Jazz play Wednesday, Thursday. The Thunder and the Kings play Tuesday, Thursday. Um, Thursday, Friday, it is the Pacers who have that combination. Um, they're the only team that has that um, back-to-back on Thursday, Friday. So again, the extra value, the extra games played here for the Pacers is important. We go on to Friday and Saturday. Again, that back-to-back that we don't usually get ability to use. We've got four teams, Atlanta, Charlotte, the Sixers, and the Spurs. And then the weekend back-to-back is the Rockets and the Wizards. The higher volume games all taking place at the beginning of the week. And then we go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all lower volume streamable days to end week 13. In terms of weekly leagues, it's not a great selection of guys there. I've got Gogo Badadze up there. Even if Wendell is back, I think there's enough value in him. We still don't know a bunch of their guys, like especially like Franz Wagner, whether he is going to play or not. Chris Dunn, I expect, will just keep starting, playing 21 minutes or so in four games. That's good. Kelly Link, four games, good. You've got the Pacers there, Nembhard and Neesmith. We've already talked about their schedule a lot. And the Spurs have got the four games, including the one game without Wembenyama at the end of the week, the Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. So Sohan continues to just do enough to be a 12-team league sort of an option. 
Trey Jones already rostered in more leagues than hits my cutoff here, but he's still someone we're, we're really looking at. So the Spurs have got an interesting run at things. And then we've got the three teams that play two games. So if you're in a weekly lineup lock league, you've got some big names to choose from. And I think all of these guys, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Yanni Antetokounmpo, and DeMontis Sabonis are guys that I would lock into my lineup for a two-game week. Now, there are two other names there who are bigger name players who I haven't included. I think Chris Middleton is is on the on the edge of that, and I don't think I would lock him in. The one that gets really close there is De'Aaron Fox. And you could easily make an argument to lock De'Aaron Fox in. To me, he's on, a, he's on the borderline there of whether he is a must-start player in a two-game week. He's, we know he's in a real slump shooting-wise, and that's maybe part of why I'm a little bit pulled back on him being a must-start. I don't think there's any problem with starting Fox in a two-game week, but I wouldn't say that it's 100% required, whereas for Kawhi, Paul George, Harden, Lillard, Yanni, I would do it without any question, really. Fox is just a, a smidge behind there, but absolutely, totally okay to start him in there. I just wouldn't absolutely guarantee that I'm locking him in um, to that position as a, um, as a start in that spot. And that will bring us to the end of this week 13 preview. Guys, you know what to do to be a double banger. You go and watch the video. You go and listen to the audio side of things. You hit the subscribe button. You thumb it up. You leave all those comments down below as we get ready for week 13 in the NBA. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.